Hello, hello. Welcome to B2B Craftworks, a podcast about business writing. I'm Sarah Griesenbach, founder of the B2B Writing Institute. And I realized this is a writing podcast, so I should probably have some writing tips every once in a while. And what comes to mind right now is the importance of sentence structure. Nerds, prepare yourselves. Being comfortable with sentence structure and knowing it so intimately that you can play with rhythm and meaning and sequence like second nature is so important to the work we do because what we're talking about is often so complex that we have to use big words and we have to use complicated grammar to get the point across. So how we do that needs to be done very carefully, like with a scalpel, and that you understand the parts of a sentence and then move them around so expertly that you can really make it a better reading experience for the reader, which is an executive in our case. So the example I want to give is let's say you're a super religious person and you're at a crowded event at church with lots of people you know and respect and your toddler is surprised by something and they open their mouth and they loudly shout out, oh my, what comes next? In our case, fortunately, the only thing I ever hear is, oh my gosh. So G-O-S-H. But I'm just waiting for that day, you know. And this is what I mean with sentence structure. In that example, not knowing the last word of the sentence adds tension and fear. And it's going to distract someone from really processing or understanding what they're hearing or reading until the end of the sentence. And then they have to go back and read it again with that context. It creates some friction in understanding what's happening. So the same kind of situation can happen in B2B with a line like this. So I'm going to read from an example. Marketers have the flexibility in data collection and the configuration of unique criteria needed to handle any situation that comes up. Now, I'm fond of saying there's nothing wrong with this sentence. There's nothing technically in error. But at the front of the sentence, we don't really know what the flexibility means. We only know that by the end. So I'd rewrite this to be something a lot more clear, like marketers can handle any situation that comes up because they have flexibility in data collection and they can configure a variety of unique criteria. Now, there could be more that we update about that sentence for sure, but I want to focus on the structure. I took the end of the sentence that marketers can handle any situation that comes up and I brought it to the front so that right off the bat, whoever's reading it, knows the value that we're trying to get to. We know why we're talking about this. We're talking about this because marketers can handle any situation that comes up. Why can they handle any situation that comes up? Because they have blank and because they have blank. We have front-loaded the meaning of the sentence so that the reader can cognitively make sense and build meaning in their mind as they read. And that's the kind of thing that leads to clarity, smooth reading, and just effective content. But to my point about being intimate with this kind of content and this kind of creation is that sometimes you have to leave a sentence the way it is because that is technically what it means. And you cannot change the structure without changing what it means, which legal is going to have a problem with. So introducing modifiers like most important of all, blank, and however, blank, and other maybe even weaker sentence introductions those things are used to make a bridge to the meaning of the rest of the sentence and making it easier for the reader and removing distractions from the reader. 
So clarity in writing ends up not just being the specific words you use, but also the sequence in which we're using them. And that clarity is going to change based on the niche, the topic, the medium, like a podcast versus a blog post, all of these things. And that's why we become experts in B2B. And that's why we charge more because these are the layers of things that we're thinking about whenever we approach a blog post. So let me get back to the more diary-ish kind of things because my 4,000 weeks update, my leisure life update is going pretty well. I had watercolors on Monday. I painted a tree. It was pretty cool. And then on Wednesday, I had improv class, which is just the highlight of my week. It is so fun. It's a big group of adults and you just play and you learn about storytelling and premises and perception, just a a shocking amount of marketing education and writing education comes to me through improv class. And then another thing I've been doing, I try to make a habit of observing things every day. And I got this from David Sedaris, not because I know him, but because I just like his books. And he always seems to pick up on these tiny little observations that make every day memorable and that wind up in his walking notebook and then, of course, in his books. And today I was just left speechless by the cutest thing. And it was me driving to my office. So I was on like a highway and there were a bunch of other cars because it was around the start of business. So eight or nine in the morning. And it's that thing where there's this cute little bump right before everybody goes over a bridge and all the cars hit it within a couple seconds of each other. So it's like, it just felt like this little community thing that we're all zooming down the highway and then just bump, bump, bump. And it was super cute. So that's going to stay with me for a long time. And the rest of leisure life is just that being healthy is wild. I shared the health update last week of getting a diagnosis for the root cause of my autoimmune stuff over the years. And I'm just still feeling good. And it feels like the other shoe is going to drop. Like I haven't, I'm still processing what it is to feel good and to be able to do stuff. So throughout the day, I'm mostly just mystified to like arrive at my office and step out of the car and. I just step like my my hips work and my back works and there's not a spike of pain. And if I if I'm sitting down and I decide to get up, I just get up. And if I go to a meal, I just sit. And these are all things that are new to me and I'm loving it. In the category of life update, it's kind of a businessy update, but you may be the first to know publicly that I'm moving out of my office. So if you've followed on LinkedIn very much, you know I have a super cool logo on my office door at the co-working space and I'm letting it go. I'm feeling pretty good about it. It feels like it's just time and I'm such a homebody that I'm excited to go home. So I've got my home office all cleaned up. I've been rearranging my art to include the office art. So if you come to some trainings, you'll save some new pieces when we get on Zoom. But the main thing I'm wrestling with is just how important my co-working space has been to me in my motherhood journey. So I lived upstairs from this co-working space when it first opened. And I was a new mom with maybe a four or five month old, something like that. It's just 
amazing to think about. But I went downstairs pretty much the day they opened. They were still doing construction and they were still tiling the kitchen. And I was so ready. I signed up the same day. I may have been the first member here at this location of the co-working space. And just right from the bat, this was my safe place. I worked so many nights here because for the first few years of parenthood, I was on kind of a flex shift where my husband got home from work and then I would leave and come and do my deadlines for the day. And so there are so many late nights here, so much kombucha, so much coffee. And this was a place I could go and someone else cleaned it and someone else kept it tidy. And it was always polite to me. <laughs> like nobody was screaming or throwing things at me. And it's just a really special place to me. So I definitely think I'm ready to leave, but I'm leaving room for all of that going on because I can't imagine that phase of my life without this place to come to. And the other part of that was just coming to terms with the fact that I wanted to work. So a big part of my motherhood journey was just accepting that my life story was going to include both work and parenting. And I Man, for at least two or three years, I judged myself for that. I was just really disappointed that I still wanted to work. And now I know like having both is not a value judgment. Some people are happiest doing only one of those things. Some people are happiest doing both of those things. And some people have to do both of those things. Some people don't have the choice and the option. So to say that it's wrong to have kids or for a spouse or a woman at all, for a mother, to work, whether they want to or not, to say that that's wrong, that can really mess you up. And it definitely messed me up the first two or three years. But now we're here. Fortunately, I know what I'm meant to do and I'm doing it. And I'm really grateful that it involves working and coaching and teaching and having these two little loves of my life. And then finally, more of a business update. I am absolutely reeling from this week because I had an extraordinary experience and I don't think this is relevant for other writers. I could probably force it if I wanted to, something about offers, but not really. It's more, it's just a part of my business story. And I think that's fun to hear from other people. So I want to share that. But I finally made an offer to just a really small group of people to work with me one-on-one. -on -one. And the response was crazy positive. And it was just like, oh, this is what it's like to create something people really want. Because <laughs> I've created things I'm super proud of and things that are creating results for people and helping them get careers and, and do this awesome writing stuff. But it's always kind of felt like pushing uphill to write the copy, to get people to sign up, to make it clear what that value is. I think people often buy my programs because they believe in me and then it just happens to work out perfectly. But to have something where the value is just so clear right away and it was an easy yes and it just felt magical, that just really made my week. So I'm excited to bring one-on-one -on -one coaching into things. Right now, I'm only offering that. It's just a small list of people I think are ready, people I've already worked with through the membership and people I just feel really comfortable making promises about being able to take them to a certain place or get them to a certain outcome and support them in a way that's going to make them a lot of money. That's really my measure of success, because I think everything can be learned online. There's so much free stuff out there that if I'm going to be offering coaching, 
it's going to be because I think working with me specifically for a certain period of time is actually going to take them to a place that would be hard to get alone. And I don't think that's particularly special to me. I think that's what good coaches do. Like I'm thinking about the coaches I've had in my life that have made things possible for me that like I did all the work. I learned all the stuff. I made all the choices, but I didn't know I could until I worked with these people. So it just feels so arbitrary and random to be in a position to know this certain craft and help these certain people do the specific thing that it just still feels like magic. And yeah, I'm going to bring it around full circle because I do think this can be helpful for writers because when you figure out how we contribute to the content marketing ecosystem, when you see what a marketing manager gets from working with us and from bringing this kind of elite thinking about writing to a business, things just click and you send proposals that just make sense and you're just the most obvious solution to their writing problem. So I think getting to that place with whatever kind of work that we're trying to do, I think that's the goal. And I love that it's happening. So that's going to be all for today. I think it's time to take off a little early and just be. Have a good weekend.